Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith to Live By. I'm your host, Pam Christian, and my aim each and every week is to help us explore current events from a biblical and prophetic perspective, so we, as God's children, can know how He wants us to respond. God specifically states in the Bible that He does nothing without first revealing it to His servants, the prophets. Well, God appoints specific individuals to the office of a prophet to be in place and proclaim God's word as a means to forewarn and prepare us for what is yet to occur. And I'm exceedingly grateful for God's gracious preponderance of prophecies as of late. There has been such an escalation and acceleration of events in our world in recent weeks. It's difficult as finite humans to wrap our minds around what's truly occurring in the world. And because of my call to produce this weekly podcast to help us reason through current events, I have to research every single day. I try to stay aware of world events. Then I take timely matters to the Lord, asking him to help me gain understanding so I can share with you. But the sheer extent of world events makes my assignment mentally and emotionally taxing. So you can imagine how I enjoyed myself recently when I was invited to speak for the Long Beach Aglow Lighthouse on Thursday the 8th. And then I served as a guest speaker for the Christ Lutheran Church in Chino on the following Saturday. Speaking in person is one of my favorite aspects of all the ministry work I do because I'm with people. I can actually see their faces and register their responses. I know when I've said something that wasn't quite understood and I can restate it for clarity. And I know when I've said something that really struck home. And I can actually hear their laughter when I've said something funny none of which I experienced sitting here behind this microphone at my desk. So I'm really looking forward to being the keynote for the First Presbyterian Church of Granada Hills later this month, where I'll have another opportunity to minister in person. I hope to communicate to you how truly isolating it is for me to produce this podcast. Each week, I ask you to contact me, and precious few of you do, and I'm very grateful for those of you who do. Yet, I would love to hear from more of you to know how this podcast is impacting you. I'll share my contact information later in this podcast that includes my social media accounts where I'm able to address many more topics than I can with this weekly podcast. And if you're in position to recommend me as a speaker for a live event in your area, by all means, please do. Before I get into the main message for today, I want to remind you where I see the world on God's timeline. I've shared before that I believe we've been on a three-year cycle that started mid-2020 when God would be revealing all manner of evil for the purpose of exposing it and causing people to be awakened to the truth, the truth of the extent of evil in our midst and our responsibility in it all. I've shared, I believe from mid-2020 to mid-2022, God's emphasis would be on exposing the evil. Then, in the months from July through September 2022, we would see the greatest intensity of exposure and the battle between good and evil. I've seen these months as the apex or the pinnacle of God's exposure. Not that things will suddenly get better beginning October. No, we are still very close to the pinnacle, so it will still be intense, but we will be on our way down from the apex, and over time, things will get increasingly better. And I believe this is all according to God's plan. I've been consistent explaining how we must partner with God if we want to see his kingdom will done on earth as it is in heaven. God has many good desires for his people that are not realized because we don't partner with him. So if we want to see his good plans to rescue and restore the world from the gross evil we've suffered, we must agree to partner with him and then learn what we can do in our respective roles. This podcast episode will first post on September 21, 2022, exactly three days before the first day of the new year on the Hebrew calendar. 
Sundown, September 24th, marks the first day of the Hebrew year 5783. Now, each Hebrew year has specific meaning, and it's important for us to know the Hebrew year 5783 is recognized as the year of judgment and blessing. I have a link where you can learn more about this in the show notes. When I discerned that we were in a three-year time frame that God was planning and that the three months from July through September would be highly significant, I knew that the Hebrew New Year was toward the end of the month of September, but I had no knowledge that the year 5783 would be recognized as the year of judgment and blessing. So it's all been quite affirming to me. I wanted you to know this at the start of this podcast so you can determine to align yourself with God and his plans so we have every reason to see his will manifest all over the globe in the coming year. We're entering exceedingly significant times, both on God's calendar and his specific plans and strategies to rescue and restore us from the gross advancement of evil we've suffered. For each week's podcast, I try to prioritize topics so we can understand the times and take appropriate action. One point I've driven home since I started this podcast is the importance of Christians being actively engaged in the culture. I believe the reason the whole world is in the mess it's in today is because of the lack of Christian involvement. Now, I want you to reason with me a little bit here. The noun form of the word culture has its origin from the French word spelled the same, or directly from the Latin cultura, which means growing and cultivation. The verb form for both the French and Latin means to tend or cultivate. And in the late Middle English, the sense was cultivation of the soil, the meaning then expanded to mean cultivation of the mind, faculties, manners, or behavior. To cultivate is to nurture, to tend to assist in growth and development, and this implies nurture for the betterment. Conversely, to fail to nurture will result in the detriment. Would you agree then If we fail to nurture the culture, we'll produce a cult. You can think about that and let me know, but I firmly believe the reason the world is in the mess it's in today is because of the failure of Christians to remain engaged in the culture. The Bible is clear. The church, or better stated, the ecclesia, is to be the influential governing body over the world. Unfortunately, instead, in the many years leading up to today, The world has been the influential and even governing influence over the church. The times we are living in provide ample evidence that God will no longer allow the church to be influenced by the cults. A reminder, the word cult today means a religion regarded as unorthodox or counterfeit. This would certainly include secular humanism and most definitely includes any anti-Christian expressions which are predominant in what we see from many of the government leaders today. Consider what prevails in our worldwide culture today, an unabashed effort to create hybrids of people by integrating technology, an open effort to change human DNA through injections of various types, a tyrannical effort to radically depopulate the earth so the self-appointed elite have control over the earth's remaining inhabitants, an open effort to override the sovereignty of nations through the World Health Organization and the United Nations an aggressive effort to bring economic failure to current world economic systems and replace them with a central bank digital currency that will be controlled by the elite, allowing humans only as much spending power as their behavior warrants, an unsatiable desire for the killing of babies, not only during the mother's pregnancy, but as California leadership has passed, 
the ability to kill babies up to 28 days after they are born. These are just six examples of the oppressive evil trends in our world. It seems present-day counterculture efforts are intended to remove the church and all its influence from the world. What is needed is for the church to rise up and create a counter-cult movement to entirely reverse these atrocities. And I believe God has been exposing all manner of evil and the extent of Satan's plans so the church, the ecclesia, becomes engaged and does what God has created and commanded us to do. We have no more excuse. We cannot claim we didn't know. Oh, there have been many years that the church was truly in the dark, but that is no longer true. God has seen to it that we are fully awake and aware, and he's exposed wickedness these past two years, and now it's imperative. We choose whom we will serve, knowing we will reap the consequences or the blessings for our choices. As the Bible says, we cannot serve two masters. And let us understand, serving is a course of action, not merely a belief or a mental assent. Beginning this week and over the next few, I'll bring topics to bear that are egregious because of our lack of Christian influence, and I'll suggest specifically what we can do to reverse these conditions. I want to start with our first getting our minds aligned with truth, the truth of our present reality and the truth of our authority and power in Christ. We are living in the most critical and intense time of spiritual warfare the world has ever known, and I can confidently claim that, based on the fact that the Earth's population is the greatest it's ever been, and the evil we have suffered has been operating on a global level. We need to properly consider all things, first beginning with the limitations of Satan and his minions. Please, get it firm in your understanding. Satan and his minions are not omnipotent or omnipresent. They are not all-powerful or everywhere present. Satan operates with ranks and files of his minions, needing to strategize and send his evil followers to complete his plans. Satan's tactics include lies, doubt, and fear. When he's fully hooked people in these first three tactics, then he infiltrates the minds of people further and further to increase his control. In reality, the enemy only has as much power and influence as we allow. People who don't have a personal relationship with Jesus who are not born again through faith in Jesus as their personal Savior, can be demon-possessed. Conversely, those of us who are genuinely born-again Christians cannot be demon-possessed. However, if we're not careful to make certain our thoughts are entirely focused on truth, we can hear and receive lies, doubt, and fear the enemy spews, and in this way the enemy can gain influence over Christians. Christians who have taken in lies and deceptions of the enemy can believe and act the same way as those who are not born again and therefore be subjected to many of the same consequences as those who do not submit to Jesus. What we need is for more of us who have discovered truth to share the truth we know to help misguided Christians and help those who don't yet know Jesus to come to saving knowledge of Jesus. You can do that in part simply by sharing this podcast with others and letting them hear the truth that I bring. Many people, and I'm sorry to say including Christians, are not sufficiently aware of the spiritual battle we are in. There are Christian churches that have failed to teach about the reality of Satan and his followers. There are church leaders who have encouraged their congregations to accept everything the governments require based on Romans chapter 13, verse 1, which states, quote, Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God, end quote. In this passage, the Apostle Paul writes about the general principle of submitting to authority. However, 
Other scripture passages show God approves of Christians disobeying governments when obedience to governments means disobeying God. I have found seven such passages that you can read about in the show notes. An excellent example of disobeying government when it would mean disobeying God is the story of Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's in Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 to 29. What we've been dealing with since early 2020 is a group of well-funded, self-appointed elite who are in positions of authority and power, who are under the influence of Satan. Many of them openly worship Satan and believe he has the power and ability to outmaneuver God. There are far more people who belong to the Luciferian cult than we'd ever imagined. Others don't intentionally worship Satan, but they don't submit to God. What these people don't understand is by default, not to worship God is to worship Satan. These people have been working with others with plans extending hundreds of years back to gain supreme authority and power of the world. They have no regard for God and therefore believe they can accomplish their objective. One of the most recent demonstrations of this was a speech by Joe Biden that he gave on September 1st of 2022, the likes of which no other United States president has emulated in backdrop, gestures, or message. Dave Kubal, co-founder of Intercessors for America, provided an excellent analysis. He wrote, quote, In his speech, September 1st, set against the blood-red-lit walls of Philadelphia's Independence Hall, Joe Biden unleashed some damaging words against a vast number of Americans who had supported Donald Trump for the election in 2020. In effect, Biden declared war against what he called MAGA Republicans for a number of mainly political reasons. Though his remarks are hardly new when they come from the lips of many on the left, they happen to bear special weight because they issue forth an official statement from the executive head of this nation. Now, I want to interject here. I personally don't believe this present administration is legitimate. Nonetheless, they've taken on the position of authority and power over our nation, and they will be held accountable for all they do by God, the very authority and power they don't accept. Returning to Dave Kubal's comments, he says, People with authority in our lives, whether parents, employers, or governmental officials, are in unique positions to bless or to curse. When someone holds a position of authority, as Biden does, such a person's words can be backed by the power he holds, thus bringing curses into being. In the spiritual realm, however, the words of any curse will attract demonic spirits who seek to realize that curse. One line Biden used was, we are in a battle for America's soul. This line from President Biden's national address in Philadelphia was carried by every major network. It was at the heart of his 2020 campaign, too, and is also, incidentally, one that President Barack Obama used in speeches as president. Little does President Biden know a truer statement could not be spoken. It's a spiritual statement, actually, the battle for the soul of America. Our souls are created by God. They are eternal. Our souls exist for God's purposes, either unredeemed from sin or redeemed by him. Using a spiritual term, for political campaigns and speeches, ironically reveals that our nation is not just a battle of ideas. Indeed, at this hour, our nation is in a spiritual battle at a deep level. Still quoting Dave Kubal, I continue. When President Biden delivered his speech Thursday evening, flanked by military members and bathed in ominous red light, he shook his fists and he spoke, demonizing millions of Americans who stand for values that he clearly abhors values that are part of the outworking of the souls of people of faith. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadows of lies, he said. 
characterizing half of the nation's citizens and calling them a threat to the country with yet another spiritual reference. What does Biden believe the soul of America should be, you might ask? According to the president's speech, not our biblical values, our values are dangerous to America, he warns. Protecting life, ensuring religious freedom, honoring biblical marriage, these values are preventing the values President Biden and his administration advocate for our nation. You can see this really isn't a battle of political party, but rather a battle of kingdom values, the kingdom of light versus the kingdom of darkness. Believe in the legal protection for life and the preborn and newly born? Believe in the right of churches and people of faith to freely worship, practice, and speak? Believe in a biblical view of marriage, gender, sex, a view held through 5,000 years of human history? Well, you have been warned. You are now an enemy of the state. The spiritual battle raging in our nation is now a declared war in the natural. We have known that this nation, like every nation in history, faces a battle to either live by God's values and accomplish his purposes and destiny, or else to reject them and go its own way. Our founders chose to enshrine God's values, evidenced by the language and principles in our founding documents. They built them into the very foundations of our nation. We are living in a unique time. We have reached a place where our own leadership openly vilifies the values that were the heart of our founding and more than two centuries of history. Anyone holding these biblical values is called MAGA and slandered as dangerous, hateful, violent, and extreme. In a classic tactic of the progressive movement, Biden is accusing us of what he himself is actually doing. President Biden claimed that MAGA people oppose the Constitution, law enforcement, and the rule of law, but we don't oppose these things. Nothing could be further from the truth. Citizens who stand for biblical values and for constitutional principles were the focus of the bulk of the president's speech, an angry speech devoted to deriding and threatening half of the nation. What they are fighting against isn't us. It is God in us. End quote. Beyond Biden's speech, there have been countless evidences of this administration quickly and radically taking this nation down a dark and evil path. Biden openly stated that in order to represent the true America, his cabinet would be the most diverse in American history in terms of gender, race, ethnicity, and sexual orientation. He has certainly been busy seeking to accomplish his goal with over 200 known LGBTQ people appointed to his administration, the most in history at this point in any administration, and with his most recent appointment of Dr. Dimitri Daskalakis, who is now the official monkeypox response deputy coordinator, he continues to pursue his goal for his cabinet. The fact that monkeypox has been proven to be a disease that's transmitted by same-sex activities, mostly among men, and therefore not a widespread threat to our nation, in my opinion, makes such a position unnecessary. Additionally, according to TheAdvocate.com, Dr. Daskalakis is recognized as a progressive, radical gay doctor who performs HIV screenings in sex clubs and gives meningitis shots in drag, who posts thirst traps online, look it up for yourself or use the link in the show notes, and has a pentacle tattoo. And because of the many photos of him wearing the symbol of the Church of Satan, many people have concluded he is a Satanist, although he's on record stating he's not. Clearly, our nation is being run in a dictator-style authority in effort to fundamentally change America, which Barack Obama often stated was his goal. We have seen repeated efforts to dismantle our republic-style government, which is 
to be run for and by the people, and efforts to reduce and marginalize our nation on the world scale. The destruction of our election process is an essential part of their plan. They've not fully succeeded. America is still a constitutional republic where we the people have power, and as Christian Americans, we have more authority and power than they could ever amass because of our relationship with God the Father through faith in Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have two avenues for action, first through our spiritual duty, then through our civic duty. So at this point in the podcast, I want you to pay close attention to learn specifically what you must do to partner with God to see his kingdom will done on earth as it is in heaven. And here again, I want to quote Dave Kubal, and I want you to note my deep appreciation for his candid post. Kubal wrote, quote, So how do we respond? With prayer and action. We engage in the spiritual battle through prayer, and we engage in action to push back on the radical ideologies overtaking our nation. We cannot expect to win the battle for the soul of America without the weapon God has given us, prayer. This is our time to protect the nation through our active prayer and civic action. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we possess even greater positional authority than any of our elected or appointed officials. In fact, we have supreme authority that flows from our relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ. Our authority is limitless, provided we are in a strong relationship with the Lord and are operating out of His love and His power and by the Holy Spirit. We must be mindful. We are called to the Ministry of Reconciliation, which includes within its purview the voiding of any curses whenever we happen to hear them. Dave Kubal goes on to explain the importance of canceling national curses. Quote, For years, many enemies of the United States have chanted death to America, and because of the legalization of child sacrifice through Roe v. Wade, that curse has been activated. As a result, we have a violent, murderous culture. The words that issued forth from Philadelphia in Biden's speech so distracted me that I needed to stand before the Lord to process, as we counselors like to say, the entire event. The processing went something like this. Biden is not the first and most likely he's not the last prominent politician or individual to issue murderous words over people or groups. All such word curses need to be canceled by the people of God. I was provoked to anger by Biden's words against pro-life views and the biblical definition of marriage. Anger can calcify into bitterness if not addressed. I often express my negative feelings to the Lord in his words, usually by using the Psalms. Praying the word enables me to release the negative emotion and to receive the healing that always comes through the word. Psalm 64, for example, captured my feelings related to Biden's speech in verse 1 to 4. Hear my voice, O God. In my complaint, preserve my life from dread of the enemy. Hide me from the secret plots of the wicked, from the throng of evildoers who wet their tongues like swords, who aim bitter words like arrows, shooting from ambush at the blameless, shooting at him suddenly and without fear. Having expressed my pain and God-sanctioned words, I asked him to reveal my sin, especially those harmful words I've spoken or have even thought against others. I forgave Joe Biden for his words and actions against the Lord, his people, and the nation. I prayed to the Lord to cover those words and deeds by the blood of Jesus. Curses do have real power to affect evil unless they are broken in the spiritual realm. Derek Prince, in his book Curses, Cause, and Cure, discusses the power associated with Balaam, a witch doctor. Jesus' power, though, is greater than any evil 
but we need to apply his blood to the curses, thus blotting them out and preventing demons from attaching themselves to and realizing those curses in the natural. I renounced in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ all those curses spoken over certain people in America by Biden. I covered over those words and all the demonic spirits associated with them by the blood of Jesus, thereby stripping away any demonic permissions that the words had otherwise granted. I bound, gagged, crippled, blinded, and rendered inoperable all demons, including those called curses, cursing, or curse carriers, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I cast them into the abyss. I asked the Lord to fill all the vacated spaces with His Holy Spirit. In August of 2019, the Lord called my warfare team to deal directly with evil words being lobbed in the political sphere, saying, The spirit of cursing and violence has too much ground in this nation. Speak to its ending, from the great halls to the small courts. It is to be ousted by the words of blessing. So, I bless Joe Biden and all who wrote, edited, spoke, or endorsed the curses that issued forth from Philadelphia and elsewhere. I bless these persons with a heartfelt prayer that the Lord would contain their words and deeds to hinder them from incurring additional judgment, for it is written, but God shoots his arrow at them. They are wounded suddenly. They are brought to ruin with their own tongues turned against them. All who see them will wag their heads. And I will continue to pray that the Lord would bless these and others, regardless of political affiliation, with repentance, salvation, and sanctification. I will ask for the blessing of a new life in Christ for all of these, including and especially Joe Biden. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And I say, end quote. God's desire is for all men and women to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It is God's desire for all who have placed their faith in Jesus to know the truth and be completely set free by truth. It is God's desire for the church of all Christians to function as the ecclesia, as the influence over the world, and, by the power of the Holy Spirit, be the restrainer of all evil. We are still blessed to live in a constitutional republic where we the people have the power if we are willing to exercise it. As Christians, with all Christ's authority and power available to us, and as citizens of the United States Republic, we have every reason to overcome the evil that has befallen us, providing we partner with God to see his kingdom well done on earth as it is in heaven. I thank Dave Kubal and his team for teaching us about the importance of canceling curses in our acts of spiritual warfare. Next week, I have a special guest planned to help us get a better understanding of what we must do in exercising our civic duty as engaged Christians, working in our libraries, our school boards, and in local government. As General Michael Flynn says, local involvement means national impact. I have been vetting different potential affiliates to help you confidently purchase goods and services you need while supporting the financial needs of this podcast. I don't have traditional commercial sponsors because that would mean they have a say in the content. Instead, I seek affiliates who essentially pay me a commission for each sale I bring them, keeping me in control of the podcast content. This is yet another way I seek to demonstrate integrity for you, my listeners. I ask you to use my affiliate page link to listen to the interviews I've conducted in the vetting process. Of course, you still need to do your own due diligence to make your own decisions. But to help you, I am researching companies, interviewing their representatives, and providing you with a journal of my own personal experience using their products and services. There's a link in the show notes. And when it comes to your health, I want you to know about Mfinity, a company dedicated to helping us detoxify our bodies and get an optimum healthy weight. 
I've begun using their products, and I especially like their detoxifying products, and I really love their Java Boost drink. It has less caffeine than normal coffee, and believe me, you don't want me on caffeine. So this is something I've really enjoyed to get a little boost without getting too jittery. And I've proudly been promoting Dr. Zelenko's Z-Stack supplements. They contain zinc, quercetin, and vitamin C and D, which are formulated in just the right amount to help you boost your immune system. You know, your immune system can be weakened by over 300 different primary immunodeficiency disorders. Use the link in my show notes or go to his website and use the promo code FTLB for Faith to Live By and receive a 5% coupon discount. But if you choose to subscribe, you can receive a 10% discount each and every month. And don't forget about Operation Tomahawk. It's an excellent program that I'm using. You can get all of your household and healthcare products from an American-owned and operated company that are not made with genetically modified ingredients or toxins. You know, all the major corporations, Frito-Lay, Procter & Gamble, Johnson & Johnson, and all the rest are owned by the same three financial institutions, and they all have the same method of operations to sell us products that cause problems, then sell us other products to solve those problems. This evil system has got to be stopped. You know, if only 25% of all Christians stopped purchasing from the woke corporations, we would hit them in their bottom line and we would create a demand for change. And this is what we want. So let's put our feet to our prayers and spend our money in ways that will make a kingdom difference. Use the link in the show notes to learn more. And don't forget about my own award-winning books available from my website. When you purchase my books, products or services, or products and services from any of my affiliates, you get something you want, and at the same time, you support me. It's truly a benefit for all of us. So shop for yourself, and shop to get gifts, birthday gifts. Oh, Christmas is around the corner. And when you purchase through my web store, be sure to use the promo code TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H, and get a 20% discount. I sincerely hope you appreciate my dedication to you through these podcasts. Let me know how this podcast impacts you and what you're now doing in response to what you've heard on my program. My email is faithtoliveby at pamelachristianministries.com. Depending upon where you listen to my podcast, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever these features are available. Your review helps the show reach more people, it spreads the gospel, and it helps people learn how to better apply their Christian faith. I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian, asking you to remember Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him.